Fallout, a news podcast for geeks by geeks, where our hosts talk news headlines, comics, tech, and have in-depth discussions on all things geek. Keep calm and venture into the wasteland. Well, hello, fellow podcast listener, and welcome to Geek Fallout Reloaded, the news and discussion podcast for geeks by geeks. I'm your host, my name is Chris Lockhart. And joining me on the line this week is my co-host in crime, Mr. Kevin Decent. How's it going, Kevin? Uh, going pretty well, Chris. Uh, hey, quick question, just to know the difference between U.S. and Canada here. Okay. Um, so, everyone, like, I don't know if it's, you know, winter or what, but I swear every other person I know right now has some sort of, like, not quite the flu, but you know, run down feeling and uh, everyone is going ahead and doing like COVID tests too. And, and, and not that there's not people with COVID there still is of course, mm-hmm. but most people I know just have like this February winter run down feeling and it's not COVID and it's not quite flu, but it's just, I don't know if it's going around or if it's just everyone's done with winter. <laughs> oh yeah. There's definitely something going around. Um, uh, like I know, uh, my, my sister and her family just, you know, what had a bug there a week or two ago. And, um, like I haven't got anything, but, uh, you know, I've been lucky, but yeah, there's definitely stuff going around like, um, uh, but yeah. And like COVID's still a thing. Cause you know, I, I do know some people that, uh, have got it, you know, recently, but, uh, you know, fingers crossed, I've, I've been pretty lucky. Um, yeah, well. Um, last week I had, I had two days. I, I couldn't move. I couldn't get out of bed. Just like horrible fatigue drained feeling. And I thought, oh my God, is it COVID? You know, like mm-hmm. I wasn't thrown up. It wasn't anything like that, but I'm freaking out thinking it was onset of COVID. And then, you know, I had it for two days and the third day, nothing. It was like absolutely nothing, no remainder or anything. And, uh, the more, you know, it's, it, it's, it's almost the thing you're embarrassed about. Like, what do you mean? I was just tired. I, I, you know, why, why did I feel that way? You know, cause you got to suck it up and move on and go to work and stuff like that. Yep. But everyone I talked to has just been like, Oh, I felt that way last week or oh, I felt that for two days, you know, a couple weeks ago or the other day. Like it just seems to be hitting everyone. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, yeah, there's definitely a lot of different uh, things uh, floating around. That's for sure. I know, like at our our school, um, and I, I think you know province wide and, and in Canada too that um, you know there's a lot of you know absences you know this year due to uh, yeah illness, you know but uh, yeah no I don't know it's just uh, you know things floating around there but uh, yeah like I said fingers fingers crossed like I you know I haven't had anything. Um, but I did have my, uh, was it my fourth COVID shot a few weeks ago? Um, and that was the, I think one of the best ones I've had. Like I had, like my arm was barely even sore. It was, it was actually pretty good. And I had my flu shot in the fall. So, you know, hopefully I'm, I'll be okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, uh, yeah, just illnesses floating around there unfortunately um, yeah, i i haven't had a i haven't had a fourth yet i did 
I had my two and then the booster, but I haven't had a fourth yet. Yeah, I had a fourth because when I had my booster, uh, there was something, like, they hadn't, I think it was Omicron or something like that, that they hadn't taken into account yet or, or something. Um, oh. So I had, like, a revised one that, you know, that my pharmacist said, you know, yeah, you can get it if you want. I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. You know, and like I said, like it, I barely felt it. it. Was it was this one was the best one by far, but um, yeah. Um, all right. Well, for this episode, um, I don't have a lot of news except for the James Gunn stuff. You know, with the DC announcement. So I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this, Kevin. Um, okay. So so recently. Uh, DC Universe unveils James Gunn's plans for Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, and more. Um, and this is from Forbes magazine. Um, so the lineup is, I'll, I'll just, I'll just, um, read out the projects and then, and we can discuss them. So I think these are, these are the films. Superman Legacy, and it's going to be written by James Gunn. The film will hit theaters July 11th, 2025. And focus on Superman balancing his crypto, Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. Um, so for this one, I'm, I don't know, like I, I'm longing for a good Superman movie. Um, I really wanted Man of Steel to be that movie because Henry Cavill, I, I really liked Henry Cavill as Superman, and I actually didn't mind that movie. I didn't mind that they were, you know. Uh, trying different things with him but you know right at the end when they did the you know the 180 and and you know he's clark kent and he's you know being a reporter and all this stuff i'm like Ugh. you know like i mean don't <laughs> get me wrong you know i don't mind that aspect of superman but like up until that point like they were you know like he was like this drifter and like there was no indication that he had ever went to university or anything and now he gets a job as you know, a reporter from, you know, for this major newspaper. I didn't really quite buy that. Other than maybe Perry White knew he was Superman and that's why he wanted, he gave him a job. I I, I don't know. But I kind of like the idea that Lois figured it out on her own. She tracked him down. I, I like that aspect of it. You know, I didn't like him letting his dad die. I, I or, uh, you know, Kevin, you know, Pa Kent. I didn't yeah. like that. Um, but, you know, and of course, you know, like the, you know, fighting uh, Zod and, and um, you know, I actually didn't mind him killing him. Uh, like, I know a lot of people didn't like that, but I was okay with it, all things considered, you know, like he kind of had to. Um, but yeah, like I said, I hated that, like 180, they pulled right at the end. I think that was... Um, Warner Brothers stepping in and being like, no, you, he has to be part of the Daily Planet. He has to do this, and they and they did a quick rewrite right at the end. Um, and then you know, Batman v Superman. I I was so disappointed with that movie. Apparently, Gotham City is like right next door to Metropolis. That makes no sense at all. Um, but you know, out of out of everything, you know, like I did like Henry Cavill. I did like the casting. Of, of everybody, except, you know, like, I know a lot of people in, like, Amy Adams, but I didn't mind her, you know, I didn't mind her as Lois, um, 
but uh you know i do like james gunn and and i do you know like he you know did guardians one which i think is great it's a great movie guardians 2 wasn't bad um I think he could do a good Superman and it kind of sucks that Henry Cavill's out, but I understand, you know, like they want someone like Henry Cavill at this point is, I want to say probably in his mid to late forties. Um, so he can't go on playing Superman. Like that just doesn't make sense. Like you're going to have to cast younger and who knows, you know, like they might find, you know, another Christopher Reeve or, or, you know, another Henry Cavill. So, I don't have uh, an issue with that. But I think, yeah, if you're going to relaunch a, a, a DC Cinematic Universe, you have to start with Superman. Uh, but, Kevin, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I have lots of thoughts on <laughs> everything here. Um, uh, one, just because it's in my head, Gotham and Metropolis lately have kind of been like across a body of water, kind of like New York and New Jersey. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the stuff. And I think that's too small a body of water. I think if they were across from each other, like across the Great Lakes, even just one of the lakes, that would make sense for, hey, unless you had like a really powerful or high speed boat, you're not going to just cross the entire lake to go visit someone on the other end of town. And driving all the way around the lake is going to take forever as well. Yeah. So while we can see one from the other, maybe, depending on, you know, which lake and the size, well, technically, you know, like, overhead, as the crow flies, they're close, we really got to drive all the way around. So it's not like, you know, we're traveling back and forth very quickly here. Mm -hmm. But then you got, like, you know, one of the big Batman stories in history is uh, Cataclysm when Gotham has an earthquake. So, well, all right, then why wouldn't Metropolis have an earthquake, too, if they're so close? Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Um, the best Superman movie uh, is still Superman 2. And I had hopes for Henry Cavill, but there's a lot of stuff I hate in that movie. Mm -hmm. It absolutely drives me insane for a lot of it. So I'm open Superman legacy here. I'm like, well, James Gunn seems to have a better handle of superheroes. Mm -hmm. uh, he made me care about he made me care about Suicide Squad. He made me carry care about Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I, I there's definitely potential. I have hope here. And one of the rumors is that Superman Legacy is going to be an adaptation of a previous story, and that previous story is going to be All Star Superman. Yeah. So, but you can't have, a, I mean, spoiler here, but it's kind of been the first issue and the comic's been around for a while. Yeah. If that's where you're starting the franchise, you can't have Superman die in it. Yeah. So, but I, if it's Superman Legacy, I could kind of see, hey, he's been around for a while. He's already built up this credit, this cachet with the world. Um, he has a good balance of being Clark and Superman. Lois probably already knows who he is. There, there's stuff that you could do for Superman story that we do not need an origin. We absolutely do not need an origin again. Yeah. We don't need to introduce anyone, really. Like, you could just have, you know, oh, hey, Luther's bothering me again. 
and uh, this bad guy's attacking the city again, and I have to do this thing again. Like, you don't really need to get into deep dive origins or histories with the villains or anything either. Yeah. Your movie public wants to go to see Superman, you know, battle evil, but, you know, bring hope to the world and all. They don't need to be, like, in touch with Brainiac's feelings and motivations. No, it doesn't matter. That's not what we're seeing a Superman movie for. Yeah. Um, and I love the All-Star Superman series. That is one of my favorite comic series ever. Oh, yeah. And I I don't think it could be a straight-up adaptation, but I do think you could take elements of it. Like, this, these are just the challenges that Superman faces all the time, and this is why he's Superman. Yeah. Because he doesn't back down. He does do all these things. You know, uh, stopping an invasion from another planet is just as important to him as you know, rescuing a cat from a tree. Mm-hmm. Like they are equally necessary in the world. And that's why he's Superman. I, I, I have hopes. I, but you know, I've had hopes for Superman movies before and been burnt on them. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping um, that James Gunn will be able to like hold Warner brothers. I think the biggest problem with, with, with the DC movies and Warner brothers is like studio interference. Like they, you know, like you, they keep, you know, pushing things onto them and they just can't tell a story that they want to tell. So I'm hoping James Gunn's able to push back and, and be like, no, we, I'm doing this. We're going here. This is the way it's going to be. Um, because well, you know, we're... one thing that drives me nuts, like, like, for example, like, uh, Batman V Superman, it was like, there was like three movies in one. Like it was just, it was way too much. And I kind of worry, like, I, I mean, I love all-star Superman, but I could see that being a trilogy of movies, not one. I think if you try and do everything in All Star Superman, it just it's gonna not work at all. Yeah. But well, and, and he's built up a credit <clears throat> as well that he can snap back at Warner Brothers and say something. Yeah, you know, I mean, for any of us, your first day, your first week, your first year at a job, you keep your mouth shut. You know, like while you're getting a lay of the land, while you're learning your job and everything. Once you've been somewhere for a while, you've built up the credit that you can say even to someone above you in the chain in the company, whatever. Hey, shut up. I know what I'm doing. I don't need you bothering me. Yeah. The work will get done. Chill. You got other stuff to do. You don't need to be up my ass. Leave me be and the work will get done. James Gunn's built up enough. He could tell Warner Brothers, back off. I know what I'm doing. When the movie's done, I'll present it to you, and you're going to love it. I don't need you giving me notes and changes all day long. Um, The other thing you mentioned, though, like, Henry Cavill, he looks great. He absolutely looks like Superman, Mm -hmm. for sure. But if James Gunn has this plan, eight, ten-year plan, Henry Cavill's going to be eight to ten years older than two. And there was um, an example, it was an interview I saw year and year, years and years ago, and it made tons of sense for me. But applying it to this, applying it to all sorts of things. Uh, they're doing baseball. Like, hey, you could have a team go and spend millions of dollars and get every hot, popular, you know, all-star <clears throat> player that they can for a season to win a championship. Yep. Or... You could go to the minor league in college and get yourself everyone with potential and up and coming and might be something 
and you could count on them for the next 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. So do you want to get one good year or do you want to build a franchise and have many good years? So I, I kind of think that's James Gunn's attitude. All right, I could get one guy for one more movie and then he's probably going to be done or I can build up someone new and have him for lots of movies for the next decade. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that definitely makes sense. I just, I kind of wish they would have gave Henry Cavill another kick at the can. Um, yeah. I, you know, Marvel really, you know, like they had this plan, you know, back in uh, 2008, you know, with Iron Man and and the Hulk and, and the cinematic rollout. And, you know, they had everything planned out and it worked. It, it, it really did. But DC, you know, tried to, you know, not build, you know, like they really, for the most part, kind of just jumped into the Justice League right quick. Um, instead of this buildup, you know, that should have taken place. Um, but at the same time, you know, like, I almost think that DC at this point, you know, instead of trying to do a cinematic universe, just do movies. And maybe some of them can tie in together, and some don't. Um, yeah. Like, you know, like, for example, what they are doing with, with the Batman 2. Like, they're doing the Batman 2, but they're also doing Brave and the Bold, which is going to be a different Batman. And that's going to be part of the James Gunn-verse, right? Um, which cool like I'm, I'm all for that so why couldn't we do that for henry cavill give him one more one more movie um you know because i again i still haven't watched black adam but i know like he shows up and you know it's implied that you know they're gonna duke it out in the next movie which now is not gonna happen and i just think that's a shame but i guess also it's a business thing too right like that's a lot of money and, oh yeah, you know, and and DC's already lost them a lot of money, so yeah. But anyway, uh, so the next one is the Authority, and this is Wildstorm characters will join the DCU as members of the Authority, uh, and take matters into their own hands to do what they believe is right. I I, I just find it strange that they're starting with the Authority. Uh, if you're going to bring your Wildstorm characters into the, into it, um, I think you kind of, you know, because, I mean, the Authority started as Stormwatch. Um, and, I mean, you could use the Authority, you know, you could also introduce other characters. Um, like, I know the, like, when they did the New 52 Stormwatch, they had Martian Manhunter part of Stormwatch instead of being part of the Justice League. So, you know, you you could use that, but I also think it's kind of weird that, because, oh, what's that character's name? Because there's Midnighter and... Apollo Midnighter. Apollo. Yeah. So Apollo's basically, like, the Wildstorm version of, of Superman, and Midnighter's yeah. the Wildstorm version of Batman. And they're gay, and they're you know, and they're yeah. a couple. Um, so I just find that strange that you would have like this bat or Batman stand-in and the Superman stand-in while you're also doing a Superman and Batman movie. Um, 
you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just, I, I find it kind of strange. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't start with, like, Wildcats and, you know, maybe adapt some of Alan Moore's stories that he did. I think that would be more cinematic. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think the authorities, you know, a, you know, a good group as well. Um, I just think when you're doing a Superman and Batman movie, like, you know, you don't want to have similar characters, you know, right, you know two similar of characters but uh kevin what are your thoughts on this i i okay i think the authority movie is there to do two things one it's there so you get gay batman and superman yeah i think the telling point is power midnighter and they're a very good story in the comics it's very interesting it's very good it's not like you like yes, there's Superman Batman analogies, but it's not like beating you over the head with it either. Yeah. For it. Um, and I think that it's going to be a eye catching for people that don't read comics thing when it comes out. Like, what the hell is this? It's Superman Batman, but it's not, and they're a couple and but they're also like, you know, this is a take no prisoners hardcore you know, R-rated superhero team here, too. You know, I mean, the curiosity is going to be through the charts, or through the roof for it, for people. So I I get it. For just getting butts in seats, making something interesting, starting a new franchise. However, what I also think it is, is we're missing the third part of this, and I think it's a trilogy. I think it's Superman Legacy, Here's Why Superman Matters, Authority Comes Along, Fuck Superman, This Is The Way We're Going to Do Things, and then the third one is Superman taking out the authority. Because DC had a version of the authority called the Elite. Yeah. And it was led by Manchester Black. Yeah. And it was the authority before they owned Wildcats or Wildstorm yeah. and could have the authority. This was the authority analog. And the whole story was Superman show like Superman go you know, the authority slash elite is like, here's how we're going to do things and all. And it's modern days and Superman, you're past your prime and, you know, big blue boy scout and all that. And Superman loses all control and takes them out and is violent and aggressive and scary and all. And then he pulls it back and reveals that him doing all this stuff was fake. It was smoke and mirrors, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't actually kill anyone. He didn't actually lose control. He was showing them, I could do this at any time. I could go to your level at any time. It takes more strength and more heroism for me to dial it back and keep it under control than anything you guys are doing. And it was a very good message and an excellent point. And I think that's what a third movie is going to be. I I think we're going to build up Superman, then build up the authority, then have them clash. And have James Gunn with a very good, wholesome message here of, yeah, we got people that can we be violent and extreme and, you know, whatever you want to call it. But there's a reason why Superman's timeless. There's a reason why he's still here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I think that's the larger story. So and, and this first segment's called Gods and Monsters. Um, this DC part one. So I think there'll be part two and so on. And I think that's when the, the spin of Superman taking out the authority and showing why, you know, truth and justice and American way 
wins out. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's you, you could be right. Um, but with with them having Wildstorm, I, I just find it so strange that they wouldn't like do something like Gen thirteen, like do something different. Like I said, I had I'm said, shocked. yeah. Like I had said Wildcats previously, but you know, like if you want Gen thirteen, like I really think that that's a property that they could do cinematically that would, you know, bring in like you know that euphoria crowd because really that you know before there was euphoria you know like the hbo series there was gen 13 in the comic books back in the 90s like that's kind of the same you know very similar you know obviously not the same but you know like they're you know they were you know superhero teenagers that were more realistic you know dealing with things you know like sex and drugs and all that kind of stuff um you know they went places where the teen titans wouldn't go um back you know during the 90s like it's just weird that they wouldn't do something like that but anyway but you might be right like with the authority like that makes you know all you know a lot of sense you know build them up and you know have like you know that superman confrontation um all right so the next one is the brave and the bold the dcu will introduce its batman and robin in this Unusual father-son story inspired by Grant Morrison's comic series. So, yeah, like, this is going to be Batman and Robin, but, you know, Damian Wayne. Uh, I, you know, like, I, I, I'm all for it. Um, like, I like Damian uh, as Robin. Um, you know, it's too bad they didn't build up to this, but, and I, I, Dealt very much. It, yeah, if it's going to be based on Grant Morrison stuff, um, you know, like a lot of his Batman and Robin was was Dick Grayson as Batman. Um, but if they're doing the father and son thing, then it, it's got to be Bruce. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm 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 okay with that. Like like I've said before, like I I don't I I'm okay with having like different Batman at the same time. Like, I'm okay with them doing the Batman 2 and then doing Brave and the Bold. Like, I I, I think audiences can, will know, you know, these are different worlds, you know, they're different people uh, playing the same character. Um, I, I think that will will work. Um, you know, like, I, I, I wish they were doing that with Henry Cavill, like I had said, but you know, in this in this case, I think it it'll work. And I I really wish Sony would do that with Spider Man. Like you know, have, um, you know, uh, uh, what's his name, um, Tom Holland, as uh, as Spider Man in the MCU. But why not do that? You know, uh, Amazing Spider or Amazing Spider Man three with Andrew Garfield. You know, close out his trilogy. Uh, why not do? Uh, you know, a, uh, a Spider-Man four uh, with Tobey Maguire, and close out his movie series. Like you proved, like with uh, no or uh, far is it no no way home uh, that you can have multiple Spider-Man, multiple universes, the multiverse is a thing. Um, you know, these guys, these Spider-Men are still out there; they're still living their lives. Like, why not do that instead of Morbius, instead of uh, Oh, what's the next one that 
Oh, they're doing a Craven movie. Which, if you're not... Like, it's like the Venom movies. Like, I've, I haven't even watched them. Because it's like, if you're not going to have Spider-Man in them, what's the point? It's just silly. Like, why have a Craven movie without Spider-Man? Like, you, like, I could understand a Morbius movie, but... If Craven's not hunting Spider-Man, like, what... You know, like, what's the point? But anyway, I know I kind of went off on a tangent there. But I'm I'm all, I'm all for... Bottom line is, I'm all for having different Batman at the same time. Different spins. Uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on The Brave and the Bold? Well, it's going to be Damian Wayne, which is my kid's favorite. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told him about it. That was like the main thing I told him for the James Gunn ones. And he, he kind of didn't have any reaction to it. But also, I mean, we're talking you know, two years minimum probably before we see this movie. Mm-hmm. So he'll, he'll care when there's trailers out and stuff like that and be, you know, flipping out over it. But I'm just excited to see Damien Wayne for it. And I'm also, you know, like your, your non-comic people, you know, like our, um, you know, parents or, or, you know, cousins, siblings, like just people that, you know, when we were reading comics, just gave us weird looks and didn't understand it. Yeah. Now know who a lot of people are that they didn't know. You know, like, even though Iron Man had been around forever, he was not mm-hmm. a household name until, you know, 15 years ago. Um, you know, and, and so many other characters that now, you know, the those people know who... My mom knows who Black Panther is. There's no way she knew who Black Panther was before, yeah. you know, a year ago, <laughs> maybe. You know, um, and... Damian Wayne gets people confused because, like, I was told, you know, oh, what does your kid want for Christmas? I was like, well, he likes Robin, but he likes a certain kind of Robin. Well, what do you, what do you mean a certain kind of Robin? I'm like, all right, you know how I go, Adam West Batman. It was Dick Grayson. Yeah, Dick Grayson's Robin. Okay, eventually he grew up. Yeah, and stopped wearing short pants. I said, but Batman needs a Robin, so there's another kid, and there's been a couple of different ones, but this one is his son. His actual son? I'm like, his actual son. There's a story where Batman had the kid, he didn't realize it, the kid comes back, the kid's Robin now. Well, that sounds cool. I'm like, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you want to see this? You know, if you're, if you're not going to read it, wouldn't you want to see it in a show or a movie? So it's a great idea. It's an amazing one. And, the, and most portrayals of Damon Wayne so far... I've enjoyed all the animated ones. I've enjoyed reading the stories and everything. And uh, God, if Superman's legacy is his son, the super sons is one of the best things. Just continuing your Superman, Batman world's finest idea for the next generation. I absolutely love it. The only, the only thing I enjoy more than Damien is him and Jonathan being like best Mm -hmm. friends. Like that is the only the only thing that improves it for me. So I'm thrilled. It's probably the one I'm looking forward to the most out of all of it. Excellent. You like the Grant Morrison run originally? Like I said, you know, because that's when Bruce was like lost in time, and Dick Grayson yeah. stepped up and became you know he, he uh, went from being Nightwing to being a bat being Batman. And then uh, Damian Wayne was his Robin. Um, and I like that dynamic. You know, like the fact that, you know, Dick had to become like a father figure to uh, Bruce's son the way Bruce was a father figure to him and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, you know, I 
I can't see them doing that. I could see them just going straight with Bruce on this one. Um, just because I think it would be too jarring. It would be too confusing to people. Um, yeah. But I kind of wish they would. I, You know, like, I just, I, you know, not to knock Bruce Wayne or anything, but I like I liked Grant Morrison, like, his take on that with, you know, Dick having to kind of grow up and be a father figure. Um, I like that that aspect of that storyline, you know, like that was, you know, probably out of the whole Damien, you know, with him being with, you know, uh, Robin and, and so on and so forth. That's probably my favorite storyline was when, when Dick was Batman and, and he was the Robin, you know, I, I like that dynamic that they had, but I just can't see them doing and, that. And but. Just because, you know, we've told it's, it's Bruce and Damien does not mean at all that, you couldn't start working Dick Grayson into this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I really, yeah. But then they, they kind of did away with that when they did the new 52, which was unfortunate. He went back to be Nightwing and, um, cause even when Bruce came back, uh, Dick still stayed on as a Batman in Gotham while Bruce did Batman incorporated, right? Like he was going around the world recruiting people. Yeah. I like that storyline too, but yeah, you only got like two or three hours to work with here. So <laughs> can't really do all that. Uh, the next one is Supergirl woman of tomorrow, the science fiction adventure, which will be based on Tom King's amazing award-winning recent comic stories presents Supergirl viewers are not used to seeing <sighs> this one. I'm kind of curious about because they say they're basing it on Tom King, uh, his storyline. So this is the one where she turns 21 and decides to go to an alien planet where she has no powers so she can get drunk and then ends up, you know, having to help. Basically it's like true grit where some girl, her father was killed and she goes to Supergirl to get her to help her, but she doesn't have her usual powers like I have, admittedly, I haven't read the whole thing. I only read like the first couple issues, um, but I just kind of find that's a strange way to start a Supergirl movie. But I mean, you know, I don't know. It, it, it could be okay. Uh, Kev, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, uh, one Supergirl. Oh, I'm 21. When you actually think about that, makes no sense. She was in her rocket for longer than that and suspended animation. Yeah. Uh, it's 21 is how many t- you know trips the earth makes around the sun. So another planet, it would not be 21. Yeah. Unless it happens to also be on a 365 earth date schedule. Like that's, that's a whole other, you know, I'm, I'm breaking apart this thing that I didn't read. So I don't know, but also it doesn't really matter for the point of the story. I get what they're going for. Um, Supergirl's weird, though, because she's, like, younger sister, but older sister, too, to Superman. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a way to... I don't want to see, like, hardcore uh, authority kind of Supergirl there at all. But I wouldn't mind a Supergirl that attacks problems differently than Clark does. Mm Mm-hmm. So, to play up the, it's his cousin, sure, but to play up a sibling thing. 
Yeah. Hey, I do it this way. You do it that way. We don't agree. But in the end, we're family, and you still, you know, you 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 save the day, mm-hmm. even though I would have done it differently. You know, so it's not like a a moral difference, like Superman and the Authority might be. It's just a personality difference, but it's something that could provide conflict. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I could go for it, and I, I don't know what it's gonna be. Um. But it's also, you know, we have a Wonder Woman thing and, in, in, you know, listed in these projects, too. But the Supergirl one is like, all right, honestly, how many DC female characters can carry a movie immediately? Can you introduce people and have them carry a movie later on, like Black Widow? Absolutely. How many can you just dump in front of the average non-comic populace? And have it. So, yeah. yeah, Supergirl. I get it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, the last one, and I think, I, I like, this is the one I'm least interested in. It's Swamp Thing. Uh, the film <laughs> will investigate the dark, origin, dark origins of Swamp Thing. Um, the only Swamp Thing that I've ever really read was when they did the New 52, and Scott Snyder basically was like, doing a retelling of Alan Moore's story. Um, I didn't mind that, but then it kind of got long in the tooth and then Jeff Lemire took over and I kind of, you know, jumped ship. Swamp Thing is just not a character that I really care about. Um, and I don't know why you would, you know, your first batch of movies, you would do a Swamp Thing movie. But anyway, I, I feel like, sorry, no, go ahead. I was going to say, go ahead, Kev. Um, for James Gunn especially, and, and like DC, you know, a while back for the rumors, it was, for the rumors, for the movies, there was rumored they were going to do Justice League Dark. <clears throat> like, mm-hmm. they just really want to do DC horror. Yes, yeah. And and I get it, and I understand, Swamp Thing's a good one. Now, do you go the Alan Moore way? You certainly could. You're definitely not going to do, well, what's it, like the early 90s, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek you know, movies there, you're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, those were more of a joke, but I do think you could do a horror one. Now, I liked when they brought Swamp Thing in and did the green and the red and the rot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, these elemental forces for the planet. I dug that. And, you know, you could still do that as horror creepy. I thought that was really interesting. I love it later on when they involved Poison Ivy in that too, because it makes sense that mm-hmm. she would be involved in this. Um, and I think, not, not that we always need a message, but you need something deeper to speak to your soul, to have a meaning for it mm-hmm. and everything, too. You could do a real good Swamp Thing environmental awareness for the planet story. Like, you could do a Swamp Thing climate change story yep. that might cause people to open up their eyes a little bit. You know, and again, not that everything needs a message, but I think you could do something like that to really, you know, have something powerful in the theater, too. Yeah. And people be like, I went to see this comic book movie and she's the, you know, really got me thinking about stuff. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So this was the end of the movie announcements. Is there any movies that you think they should have went with that you're surprised they didn't? Um, for me, like having James Gunn especially involved, and maybe this, maybe this is why he chose not to do it. Um, I'm just really surprised they, they didn't announce a Legion of Superheroes, uh, movie. Um, cause I mean, you have like the perfect guy, like he's, you know, he, James Gunn has proven that he can do cosmic stuff. Um, I just, I think a Legion of Superheroes movie, I'd, I'd, I'd take that over a Swamp Thing movie any day. Like I, if I could switch one out, I'd switch, yeah, that one and put Legion of Superheroes in there. But Kevin, is there is there any movie that you wish, or maybe you hope to see in the next phase oh, or whatever I, they're calling it? I I think they're missing their entire franchise that this should be around. Mm-hmm. Who just became the Who just became the A list in DC Comics, and who for nearly twenty years has had every kid watch some sort of iteration of their show? Where are the Titans? That yeah yeah. The uh, Teen Titans dropped Teen, became Titans. They're now the number one team in DC. Justice League's taken a step back for a few years. And Dick, Grayson, Nightwing, and company are the number one superhero team. They are the Justice League now mm-hmm. for DC. You also have, from the original Teen Titans cartoon to Teen Titans Go to Titans on HBO Max, you have an entire generation that has grown up with... Teen Titans. Yep. And that generation now has, you know, they're in their 20s. They got money. They're getting nostalgia. And you tell them, here's big budget Nightwing, Starfire, Raven, Cyborg, and Beast Boy. They will be there. They're like ones that would never go to a superhero movie are going to say, oh, my God, I watched that all the time when I was a kid. I can't believe this is the, you know, big movie of the year. I have to go see it. Like they're, I think they're missing a huge thing by now. And I I, honestly, I would put, I'd do Titans as your Avengers level Mm -hmm. instead of Justice League and James Gunn do one. You know, a big threat comes along, time for a Titans movie. Yep. You could put Supergirl into it. You could put Damian Wayne Robin into it. Like, there's other ones in these franchises that he's building around that could be extra members of the team. Yeah. Now, I don't know why you wouldn't put it there. Yeah, I... But, yeah, maybe in the next phase, but... Yeah. I just find... Yeah. I I don't know. We'll, we'll see. guess it's too early to judge. <laughs> like, I know... Like, I know, uh, you know, originally... When they announced, uh, you know, the build-up, you know, like going back to Marvel, when they announced the build-up to the Avengers, I was like, ah, oh, that's a, that's a tough climb, you know. And but they did it, you know. Like maybe, you know, DC will do something here. But yeah. Um, anywho, uh, we got uh, some TV shows as well coming out uh, so, that are going to be on HBO Max. Creature Commandos, a seven-episode animated show in which. Amanda Waller creates a Black Ops team out of monstrous prisoners. Gunn wrote all the episodes for the first season. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? 
I've, I haven't read a Creature Commandos, but I've read a lot of these characters being used in other things. Yeah. You know, um, over my years of reading DC. I think this because James Gunn's saying, oh, if you do a voice for a cartoon or if you're on one of the TV shows, you want to use that, those same actors to bring it into the movies as we, you know, expand on these characters and all. I don't see Creatures Commandos happening at all like that. I think this is him having fun. It's going to be one and done. I can't picture anyone of that group that they carry on into the movies at all i think it'll be fun i think i'll enjoy the hell out of it but i think it's gonna be like the first thing forgotten about from you know his his first chapter here yeah it's uh it'll it'll be interesting you know like you know james gunn you know He's right in this, so I'm all for it. Um, well, like I, I, I love the Harley Quinn cartoon, and I'm also aware that it has nothing to do with anything else DC is doing. It's its own thing, and that's why I see this Creature Commandos show end up being. It'll, they'll make it. They'll say it's part of it, but no one's going to touch on it. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Waller. And it's live action starring Viola Davis. The series will feature Team Peacemaker and will be written by Christelle Henry, who uh, wrote Watchmen, the the series, and Jeremy Carver, who was a writer for Supernatural. Um, yeah, uh, this is... I heard some, someone uh, made a comment that uh, basically this is to keep his wife employed because uh, she was peacemaker's love interest in peacemaker like his girlfriend or, or wife or whatever played that character i can't remember her name but um so basically they're they're gonna keep those guys going um which don't get me wrong like i i like peacemaker but i mean they kind of established that it was part of the Snyderverse. um same yeah with, same with viola davis as as amanda waller so it's kind of weird that, yeah, they're, you know, Henry Cavill gets shown the door, but yet they're, they're keeping these guys. But, but anyway, Kev, what are your thoughts? I, I, I like Waller as a presence in DC, but are they trying to make her like their Nick Fury in a way? You know, like what, what is she setting up here? Yeah. Yeah, you know, because I, like she's not. She's not the star. She's not the protagonist. She's not the hero, but she's the the agent of change. Yeah, that makes stuff happen. So I'm very curious. I I think it's going to be using her, using that actress, which is a good name actress, and using what Amal, what Amal, Amanda Waller is. She's came and talk as set up to introduce a lot of characters and concepts and things. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to to see. Uh, the next one is Booster Gold. And Booster Gold uses basic technology from the future to pretend to be a superhero 
in present day. Um, I like Booster Gold. You know, I like that concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wish this had been they had done a Booster Gold Blue Beetle movie, but I think there's a Blue Beetle movie yeah. coming out this year. There is, but it's not the Blue Beetle that yeah. Booster's friends with. Yeah, it's it's, it's the new one. It's going to be Jaime. Yeah, it's going to be the younger one, Jaime Reyes. Yeah. So, I just uh, I just wish they would do that, but. You know, we'll 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 see. Uh, Kev, what are your thoughts on this uh, Booster Gold series? I, I think Booster might end up being the best one of the bunch. I think, like, let's let's say it's six episodes, eight episodes. You know, the first batch is going to be you know setting him up, and he's going to be a joke, and he's going to be funny, and you're you know you're going to love and hate him at the same time too. Like, oh, God, he's so dumb. He's such a jerk. He's so funny though. Like. Mm-hmm. it's just going to be humorous and then something's going to happen. He's going to be the only one that can step up and he's going to have to be the hero and everyone's going to fall in love with him. Yeah. For the amount of heart and dedication and responsibility and sacrifice that he ends up doing by the end of the series. I think it's going to, I think people are going to find it to be the most like charming, heartwarming one of the bunch and just love it. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, the next one is Lanterns. Uh, this enormous TV event series follows intergalactic cops John Stewart and Hal Jordan as they uncover a dark mystery. Um, I'm interested to see where they're going with this. I, I, I mean, I love Green Lantern, uh, especially you know when Jeff Johns was was on it. Um, you know. I kind of wish it was a movie, but just because, you know, with, you know, space and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I wonder how they're going to do it on television without it on a TV budget. Like, uh, but we'll see what happens. Kev, what are your thoughts on this one? I, I initially was upset too. I thought, why on earth is this not a movie? It's, it's green lanterns. It's the core, it's space. It's, you Mm -hmm. know, a huge budget. And then one of the preview write-ups, whatever, things came out saying, this is going to be us doing True Detective. And I thought, ooh, now mm. this has to be a TV show. Yeah. If we're doing Lanterns, Lancers did a space cop and a space True Detective murder mystery here or whatever, like, now that's something. That could be very interesting. And you could have all sorts of people from the DC universe that make appearances in this investigation. Yep. So like I, if that's what they're pulling off, I'm very curious. And I think that could be a lot of fun. And then obviously you get your big giant lantern battle at the end there. Yeah. But I, I think the buildup could be huge and a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hopeful. Cause I got to say like, Probably one of the biggest disappointments in my comic book movie viewing was the Green Lantern movie. It was one that I really wanted to succeed, and I really love Ryan Reynolds. Um, I I think he should have played Kyle Rayner though, Um, because he he kind of was Kyle Rayner in that movie. 
um, in that, you know, like his, um, oh, projections, uh, what do they call them? Uh, uh, constructs. Constructs, yeah, with his constructs, you know, like he was doing the Hot Wheels thing and all that kind of stuff. That was what Kyle used to do, you know, because he was like an artist, right? So he, yep. would, he would make all these elaborate constructs, which was, was really cool. Whereas Hal was more of a, you know, like he would just make a giant fist or, or you know, a construct of a bow and arrow or something like that, right? Like um, he was more, you know, he was the fighter pilot. He was more, you know, um, subtle, whereas uh, Kyle was more out there. Um and Kyle was more jokey. I, I you know, like I, I really felt that Hal should be a little bit older because, like, when I was reading Green Lantern, like when you know in the late eighties, early nineties, Hal had like the you know like the Reed Richards white in his hair, right? Yep. Um, so he was always an older guy uh, to me, and I, I just felt like Ryan Reynolds, you know, would have been better cast. But I think. Oh, they they had such potential. Like Mark Strawn as Sinestro was absolutely perfect casting. Um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Clark Duncan as Kilowog. Um, you know, sure miss having that guy around. You know, he definitely left us too soon, but he was perfect as Kilowog. Um, but that was probably the one I was most disappointed in. I was like, damn it, you know. This could have been so great. And then it, it left such a bad taste in people's mouths that it just, it died like immediately. And it, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm fingers crossed. I'm hoping like this, you know, this show, they dial it back. Um, but you know, keep the core, you know, what it is. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, well, when like, done right, I think it, it, it'll be amazing. But sorry, Kev, go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, um, Hell Jordan, at this point, you know, you mentioned like when he had the White Temples and all. Mm-hmm. He has to be somewhat older and experienced at this yes. point. Was there a time where he was brand new lantern and, and cocky and everything? Sure. But he's been around a long time. You know, Johnny Storm was supposed to be the young hothead of Fantastic Four as well, but he's been around a long time. Like, you got to cool it down. Yeah. Here, no, no pun intended for storm there. Um, so like, Hale needs to be a little bit older and experienced. John Stewart definitely has to be older, experienced, literally veteran. Guy Gardner has to be experienced, but still immature. Yeah. So then you do need ones like Kyle Rayner and uh, I. God, there's two new younger ones. One's oh. uh, Muslim and one's a woman. Yeah, um, the woman one I like, and I can't remember her name right now, but I've I've read and seen a couple things. I'm like, oh, I actually dig her. Uh, si- um, Simon Baz, I think is. Yeah, he's the one that wears the mask. Yep. Um, oh, I can't remember her name. And it and they they were doing such good things with those two characters, and then they did this reboot with Grant Morrison, um, when he took over the book, and I was like, why? It, like it was so good, um. I've heard good things about the Grant Morrison book. Like, I guess it's the thing with Grant Morrison is he's that type of writer where um, he writes the big story. So you have to take it in as a big story. He doesn't really, he doesn't always gel in a monthly, you know, release schedule. 
So I kind of gave up on on that Green Lantern book, but I'm I'm told it's good. Uh, so I'm going to go back, I think, and, and reread that at some point. But yeah, Simon Baz and um, I can't remember her name now. But yeah, they basically it was them in the main title, um, and they were doing good. Like you know, and then they had the Green Lantern Corps, which was John Stewart and Hal and and um, uh, Guy Gardner. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and I and I think with them calling it lanterns, maybe we might see some red lanterns as part of this. Ooh, like, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Like I I I like how I, I'm interested that they took out the green. So like, are we gonna see some yellow? You know, some yellow. You know, is Sinestro gonna be with the yellow core? Um, are we gonna see? Oh, I can't remember that. Larflees. He's the orange lantern. Will we see him? Um. Yeah, it's, but yeah, if they're doing like True Detective, like that, that's genius, I think, because I love that show, like the first season and third season, I didn't like season two of True Detective, but season one and three were, were amazing. Yeah, and I mean, again, only rumor, but boy, that's a good rumor. (laughs) Yeah, and the last series um, is Paradise Lost which is set in Themyscira, home of the Amazons and birthplace of Wonder Woman. This drama focuses on the genesis and political intrigue of an island of all women. Um, that'll be interesting. Um, I've, someone was saying it's basically like them doing Game of Thrones, but for DC. Um, so we might see a new Wonder Woman come out of this, Maybe. Um, Kev, what are your thoughts on, on this one? Oh, I mean, I'm absolutely curious because there's, you know, the big thing for Themyscira is, you know, no man can touch the land. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot you could do for, you know, um, hidden romances for, uh, the way that it's always been for hundreds or thousands of years for, you know, an enemy attacking, like, there's lots of interesting stuff you could do for it. But, I mean, this is also, you know, like uh, Apollo and Midnight are there. This is, you know, getting um, a gay audience on your product as well. Mm-hmm. If you were doing this story, you have, you, there's got to be lesbian couples on here. There has to be. Yep. You got an island full of women. Some are going to date. <laughs> yep. Like it's just got to happen. So you go full on like Game of Thrones intrigue with all this stuff, and a you know I'm guessing 99% female cast for it. Um, I think it'll be very interesting. I think it will absolutely attract an audience. Yep. Well, and and I mean, there's things that they can do. to add into the, you know, the Game of Thrones aspect, like they could, you know, have the, the Greek gods, you know, play parts in this. Um, they could have, you know, maybe them going to war with Atlantis, you know, like kind of like what, what we saw in Flashpoint. Like I, I thought that was absolutely brilliant in, in Flashpoint when you had Aquaman and Wonder Woman, like as enemies, you know, leaders, yeah. of, leaders of nations fighting each other. Like I thought that was just such a cool concept. I could see them doing something like 
like that here. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, so with this announcement, Kev, like, um, what are your thoughts on on the DC properties that still have to be released? Like we mentioned, you know, like there's the Blue Beetle movie coming out. Uh, there's uh, the second Shazam movie. Do you think it's kind of a disservice to them? Because now people are like, well, what's the point? Because um, they, they've made no announcements that they're going to continue with Shazam after this. Like, they pretty much said, like, you know, Black Adam's done, Henry Cavill's done. Um, you know, I, I, I just think it's a shame, you know, that... Uh, you know, with the with Shazam two coming out, because I'm actually looking forward to that. I I like the first Shazam movie. Um, you know, like I, I've I've mentioned several times on this podcast that I'm I'm a huge fan of Cap the original Captain Marvel. Um, so you know, and I and I do like what they did with that character in this universe. Um, you know, they updated him and everything. I understand that, but um, it just kind of I just kind of feel like it kind of sucks, you know, going forward that, you know, there's these movies coming out and they don't really matter because of this announcement. So, Kev, what are your thoughts on that? Well, and I mean, we have the the Batman sequel that they flat mm -hmm. out said this is going to and, and the Joker sequel, too. They said this is going to yes. be a standalone, you know, Elseworlds, whatever they called it. I think you could still fit um, Shazam into that because... It, it felt like more kid friendly than the other ones. Mm -hmm. So it could be like your, Hey, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't count for a longer story here, but if you just want to take your kids to a PG movie, not PG 13 or R for, you know, Joker and mm -hmm. God knows maybe some of these other ones will end up being R. Here, here's a family friendly one you could do. And there's always space for that. So I think they could still do it. Um, the Batman one, Joker one are happening and we'll get, you know, good reviews and people loving it and stuff like that because they're their own beast. Uh, I think that's it for Joker. I, I could see one more Batman, though, just to get a trilogy out of it. Yeah. Um, Blue Beetle, it, it upsets me because it could have been something, I think. Mm -hmm. It's a great character, great story. The, the still images look nice. That's when I could see if it if it makes money, I could see them folding it in somehow. If it yeah. doesn't make money, then they're going to walk away from it. Yeah. Um, and the speaking of walk away, that Flash movie should have been canceled and shelved. Yes. Honestly, they should have shelved that instead of instead of Batgirl. Yeah. Because the more that uh, what's what's their name there? Um, uh, Ezra Miller. Yeah. The more and more, it's like you're you're trusting this person to have a franchise on well no i mean clearly after this that's it he's or they whatever yeah pronouns um but ezra's done yeah like probably done now it's just oh we have all this money into this movie and we gotta get something out of it mm -hmm. but it also i i see that flash movie now as being the end of snyderverse and everything else like that that movie's absolutely just closing a door at this point so james gunn can get his own thing going yeah and i almost think like at this point warner brothers wants the movie to come out because they want it to do that hey uh, all the stuff before is over it's done like it still exists but it's done we're moving forward now yeah and they they want it there as uh, an end chapter for a thing but i 
and now knowing all the James Gunn stuff, like before, I thought they should really just refilm the Flash scenes with anyone else, someone less problematic. Mm-hmm. But that was when I thought that it might continue and be a, you know, have sequels, be another franchise. No, it's it's done after this. So all right, fine. The movie's pretty much done anyways. Let it come out. Let it close, you know, your story that's going on here. So people stop saying, you know, we want the Snyder cut and Snyder verse back and all that. We can just all move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a real shame that, uh, like I said, right, like from day one, even before they did like these MCU shows, like the Arrowverse, they should have tried shoehorning that in. I really think, like, yeah. you know, you could have had Stephen Amell in that Justice League movie. You could have had uh, Grant Gustin as Flash. He's a proven quantity in that show. You know, he, he he's a great actor. He's a great, uh, you know, uh, person compared to Ezra Miller. Like, you know, when you look at what he's done. You know, Grant Gustin's a saint by comparison, you know, like, I, like, why that the, you know, uh, such a wasted opportunity. Like, I remember even back, like, with that Justice League movie, like, you know, even before all this stuff came out, you know, Ezra Miller was fine, but I was like, why didn't they just use their TV flash? You know, like, he's, he's a good actor. You could help flesh out the cinematic universe, you know, using the Arrowverse shows, but. Well, why not use the TV as a way of calling up talent to the movies? Yeah. Hey, if if you're really good on the show playing this character, and you have you've created this fan base, then when we want to bring that character to the movies, we're going to bring you up a level to do the movie as well. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you're going to now bring this audience that you've cultivated over the last few years too. Yep. Like I, it, it, it's just a head scratcher for me. Like it, it's a win-win. You know, it's a win for the movie. It's a win for the TV show. Like, I don't know why mm-hmm. they they just didn't do that. Um, you know, Marvel did try to do it, like with with Agents of Shield and stuff, but because you know um, Kevin Feige didn't control that, they kind you know kind of yeah. stepped away from it. But at the same time, they still acknowledged it. Like, you know, in Endgame, they had Jarvis. Uh, you know, do a cameo, you know, obviously it's the same Peggy Carter. Um, and I still think in that Peggy Carter show, Cap was the, the unseen husband that we never saw. Um, mm-hmm. I still maintain that. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, you know, like I understand why they didn't do that, but, you know, I don't know. the dub, Like the WB is one entity, like. Why didn't they just, you know, Warner Brothers just do that? Anyway, I'm rambling. Um, <laughs> well, this, this, you know, we actually had a really good discussion about this. Uh, you know, I didn't think we'd uh, have so much to talk about, but uh, this, was a, this was a good one. Did you have any other news you wanted to throw out there, Kev? No, um, it's funny, actually, like all the, you know, other podcasts and stuff I listen to, pretty much everyone just talked about DC. It's like everyone else shut up for a couple weeks to give dc their space yeah yeah no it, it yeah it's it's great um you know you know fingers crossed i'm i'm really hoping for dc i really am um just like i'm hoping for marvel too because like you know not now that phase four is 
come to an end, I think. Or is the Ant-Man the end of Phase 4? I'm not sure. Um, no, um, no, Ant-Man started of 5. Okay. Phase 4 was kind of eh, hit, hit and miss with me. Um, you know, I was very disappointed with Thor. Like, the more I think about I, you know, I watched it the one time in the theater. I have not, I can't bring myself to watch it again. Um, I was just so disappointed with that movie. Um, I didn't mind Doctor Strange. It was, it was okay. Um, I love the cameos, you know, um, She-Hulk. I did like, did like it. It's just that last episode. I didn't like that. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I thought was good, but I understand like they had to do a lot of rewrites because of the pandemic. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and it, it affected the show. It really did. Like, you know, like the story, you know, some of the story beats don't make sense unless you think about that part of it. Like they had to change it on the fly, you know, doing a story about someone releasing, a virus in, in, into the world that creates a pandemic that kills half the population, uh, might kill half the population, uh, doesn't really sit well with, you know, when we're going through a pandemic at the same time. So I understand that they yeah. had to change that. Um, but it did hurt the show. Um, Moon Knight I thought was okay. I, I didn't mind that. I actually liked Ms. Marvel. You know, a lot of people didn't like it. I, I liked it. I thought it was great. Uh, what if I thought was good? Um, I honestly, I still haven't watched Black Panther two. I guess it's on Disney Plus now, so I'm gonna probably watch it this weekend. But that's the first Marvel movie in a long time that I didn't make that trip to go watch in theaters. I think the last time I didn't go watch a movie in theaters for Marvel, oh, I don't even remember the last time. Maybe the Incredible Hulk. I don't think I went and watched that in theaters. I think I waited till that came out. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm fingers crossed. I'm hoping Ant Man's gonna be great. I really like that guy who's playing Kang. I, I you know, like visually, Kang looks amazing. I liked him on Loki. Um. I'm glad they, again, you know, using your television properties to build up your movies. I'm glad that they're, Marvel's doing that. Um, especially, you know, introducing Kang in, in Loki, I think. You know, well, not Kang, but his variant or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, fingers crossed, Phase 5, I'm hoping, you know, they'll turn things around. And um, I'm and I'm hoping we see She-Hulk as part of the Avengers. You know, when they do these Avengers movies, I'm you know, yeah. I'm hoping we we see her because, um, you know, I, a lot and a lot of people didn't like it, but I liked it except like except for that last episode. But Tatiana Mussolini, I think, was is fantastic as Jennifer. Um, and I love She-Hulk. You know, I'm a Hulk fan. So, but uh, Kev, what what are your thoughts on uh, the end of Phase Four and going into Phase Five? So, um, as we record, Ant-Man is out in a week, week and a half, yep. two weeks, somewhere on there. Um, so it's close. And I, so the, the hashtag was trending and I clicked on it. I thought it was going to be like red carpet pictures or, you know, interesting interviews. 
And instead, people are posting all sorts of spoilers, and there was a video up that I don't know if it was legit or fan-made or what, and I thought, all right, I'm done. Like, I I decided I want to be surprised. I don't want to know stuff. Um, Because I go back and forth. Sometimes I want to know going into it. Sometimes I want to be completely surprised. Mm -hmm. And whatever happens in Ant-Man and Quantum Mania there, and people got a ton of suggestions, but whatever happens is only because Phase 4 was completely set up. Not just characters, but concepts as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, all right, how do we get the general movie-going audience to understand what a multiverse is? How do we get them to understand what an incursion is? You know, how do we make this stuff work here for the stories we're going to tell later on? Plus, we're introducing all these characters as well. Mm -hmm. And now, okay, we've introduced the characters. We've introduced the concepts. Yes, we're going to have new characters along the way, because that's what we do. But Every big piece that we had to have on the board to get up to Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars is on the board right now. And every concept, because clearly multiverse and incursion is going to be a big concept for Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we finally got everything done. Now let's start telling the story. It's kind of like, you know, the, the painter's tape is up and the drop cloth is on the ground and everything. Now we can finally paint. You know, and so I'm very hopeful because I, I get it. a lot of these movies. It's like, OK, well, what the hell happened? What was going on? All right. Well, it's the build up chapters. It's the setup for it. And I understand that's not everyone's cup of tea. But a lot of these movies, I do feel when we get further along are going to make more sense and be more interesting. We're like, oh, that's what was going on in this movie. We had to they're telling us about this, this and this. But I didn't know because I hadn't seen Secret Wars yet. You know, because it wasn't even out yet. Um, so I'm just, I'm very hopeful that Quantumania is our first real story for the new phase of things. You know, that this is mm-hmm. our first time to actually tell something and start moving it forward, not just introducing everyone and everything. I'm, fa- I'm very hopeful I'm right about this. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hopeful, too. Um, one of the movie reviewers I watch on YouTube, uh, I want to, oh, I can't remember her name now. Um, but anyway, she's someone that I, I trust her judgment and there, she's not allowed to give a, a review yet. Uh, but she was allowed to say that she did go to a screening of Ant-Man, uh, Quantumania in the Wasp and Quantumania. Um, the only thing that she was allowed to say was that she th- uh, thought it was uh, the best Ant-Man movie that they've done. Okay. And, and I, I mean, I, you know, honestly, Ant-Man 2 kind of dropped out of my memory. You know, I, I think I only ever saw it once. Uh, it wasn't bad. It's just, it was like, eh, you know. But that first yeah. Ant-Man movie, I really enjoyed. I really, really liked uh, the first Ant-Man movie. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. Fingers crossed. Um, but uh, speaking, you know, before we go into our brain candy segment, speaking of YouTube reviewers, um, uh, Rob Meyer Burnett, uh, he is uh, he has a, a channel on YouTube uh, called uh, Rob Observations, 
where he talks about, you know, pop culture and, you know, he's a big Star Trek fan. He directed the movie, oh, what's it called again? Um, uh, it's with William Shatner. Um, ah, oh, crap. Blanking on his movie now. He did a movie back in like 98, um, when, uh, with the guy from Will and Grace and, um, Oh, crap. I can't remember the name of that movie. But it was like a Kevin Smith-esque type of, you know, uh, you know, two friends talking about Star Trek and then William Shatner's in it. And um, and anyway, he did the, all the Blu-ray um, commentaries and specials on the TNG releases and the Enterprise Blu-ray releases. Um, and he, he originally was going to direct Star Trek Axanar when it was the fan film. Um, but then he had a falling out with, uh, with the creator of Axanar. Um, but anyway, long story short, this guy is, uh, someone that I trust. I actually had him on Trek 1701 years ago, uh, when I used to do Trek 1701 as a regular podcast. Um, and he is not, he's kind of like me. He's not a fan of new Star Trek. Um, but he got talking to the new showrunner of Star Trek Picard because there's a new showrunner for the third and final season. And as, you know, like the rumors and the, the trailers have been, you know, showing us, it's a TNG reunion, finally, uh, where we're getting like all the original TNG cast back together um, in the show, which is what we wanted in season one but for some reason they didn't do that um so anyway he got talking to the showrunner and the showrunner uh was telling him like you know i'm a star trek fan i'm a next generation fan you know this is going to be a completely different show than you saw in season one and season two of picard and he actually uh, sh uh showed robert meyer burnett the entire third season of star trek picard which hasn't been released yet i think it comes out next week uh, same time as Ant-Man's coming out. So anyway, Robert Meyer Burnett has gone on record and he said that he's actually watched season three of Star Trek Picard three times now. And he, oh. and he says, forget what you, what, you know, season one, season two. He said, this is the TNG reunion we wanted. This is made by a guy who genuinely loves Star Trek, actually knows Star Trek. Uh, because he said there's lots of, you know, Easter eggs, lots of, you know, callbacks and all that kind of stuff. And he said, it's, it, he said like, this is what I've been waiting for. Like, he's like, cause he's like me. He's, he's not a fan of the JJ Abrams movies. He's not a fan of the Alex Kurtzman Star Trek. He, you know, he doesn't like discovery. He didn't like season one and two of Picard, but he said, this is like the TNG reunion. He's like, you don't even have to watch the first two season seasons of, of Picard. This is what it should have been. Um, so he's ecstatic. He's someone I trust. So fingers crossed. I'm, I'm, you know, um, I don't think he would sell out. Um, so you know, I, I'm hopeful. You know that this is going to be uh, an awesome show. And he said, I think, I think it was. It's either episode eight or nine. He said, hit him on a on an emotional level. It made him uh, cry, and he said it's not, and it's not because of a death. 
Like there, he said, nobody dies in those episodes, but something happens that is so, uh, emotional that it, it, it brought out that response in him. Like it's, he said, yeah. it's so well done that it had that effect on him. So I'm, I'm super excited for, you know, for, for this final season. Uh, so yeah, I, I will definitely, uh, be, uh, keeping our listeners, um, up to date with what's going on with Star Trek Picard because season two, like I, I gave up, like, I, I think I watched the first seven episodes and then I was like, uh, this is terrible. And then I just watched, uh, one of the YouTube reviewers, he would watch it. And then I got more entertainment out of watching him review it and complain about it than actually watching the episode. So, uh, fingers crossed that's not going to happen this season, but I trust, I trust Rob Meyer Burnett cause he is a Star Trek fan. Um, like on the season two Blu-ray of TNG, he actually interviewed the entire TNG cast, um, for like a two hour interview. It's awesome. Definitely worth watching. If, if you ever come across the Blu-rays it might be on YouTube. I'm, I'm not sure, but anyway. Let's move into our brain candy segment. So, Kevin, uh, what are you watching, reading, or listening to these days? All right. So, um, continuing the year-long read of Sandman, and I know nothing coming up ahead of time. Okay. But uh, in uh, the issues I read for this week, it is uh, the Doll's House storyline, which was the second graphic novel. And the Corinthian has showed up, and it is very effed up. And I'm not quite sure how disturbing it's going to get, but I'm already like, I mean, I'm going to keep going because it's Sandman. It's about time I read it. Mm -hmm. But I'm already like really close to my limit of what I can handle for stuff. But I'm just yeah. like, I'm, I'm still going, but I'm like, oh, something's going to happen that I am not going to like. I already know it. Uh, but I'm, I'm continuing on. Um, I read, uh, what the hell is the series? The Ogre King, I think is the name of the series. The first volume is called Petite. There's four volumes to it. Okay. Uh, it looks super animated style. You think it's going to be like a light, you know, fairy tale read. Not quite Disney, but Disney-esque. Mm -hmm. um, but no, it is graphic and violent and horrible but still with that animation style so the the idea is there's a family of giants and they pretty much rule and control um you know this entire region that they're in and you know the humans all work for them and stuff like that um one of them has a baby and it is very much undersized it's it's human size not giant size it's petite Oh, okay. no, it's the, the the title one for it. Yep. And so the the rest of the ogres, giants, one that killed right away. The mother hides it, and the thought is, um, we're dying out. We can't breed anymore, and no one can hold our babies because it'll be a giant. It'll you know rip open any human, but you as a smaller giant could have a baby with a human, and then. As that baby grew, that baby could grow into a giant, and you could be the one that repopulates our kind. Hmm. But he doesn't want to, because he's like, but that will kill any human I'm with. They're like, yeah, big deal. 
You got you got to improve your line. Yeah. And uh, it's all like a medieval kind of time frame that it takes place in, too. So, yeah, the first volume, I'm like, oh, this seems kind of cartoony and cute and all. And then bad stuff starts happening. I'm like, oh, this is not cartoony cute at all. There's a whole lot of nastiness happening here. Hmm. Um, but I, I got I got to finish. There's only like four volumes. But I'm just, oh, God, I'm super curious about it. So I, I had to get the rest of it. Speaking of needing to get the rest, I really don't, like, I got so many comics here that I got to read and get through. And I actually, I cleared a shelf because I was looking through my graphic novels. And I'm like, I will never read this, this, this. I'm just pulling out, like, a whole series yeah. that I ended up with at some point along the way. I'm like, I just have this because I got it, you know, for free or cheap. Like, I don't actually care. Yeah. And all of this stuff that's in here that I don't care about is taking space away from me finally reading the stuff I want to read and that I do care about. So I started clearing space, but then I came across at some point I bought volume one of two and I never read it. I sat down and read it and loved it. And volume one's the only one I have, but I could get the rest of it through work. I'm like, that's yep. nine other books. Yep. And I don't like, I could read nine other books that are sitting here that I want to read, but now I really want to finish two. Yeah. Cause that first book is just batshit insane and i know it gets worse and crazier as the series goes yeah that's one series i've never read but i want to read like i've heard so many good things about it i want to it's it's definitely on my to read list at some point yeah and i think it's been i think someone has the option out there for a tv show and i can absolutely see it as a tv show but it would be Mm -hmm. one messed up show oh yeah yep but it's just like, that first volume goes places I never would have imagined. And that's just the start. Yeah. Excellent. So I, 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 I know I gotta do it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, just, just because the, the comic store asked me about it, um, you know, I got a message saying, what the heck is happening in wrestling? Uh, on the Royal Rumble pay per view, there was what they called the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. Okay. Which no one knew what it was. They're just, they keep hyping the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. And no one said anything until the night of when the match started. So it turned out to be a blacklight match. Uh, the wrestler's gear was, uh, ref- they turned off all the house lights and just had black lights for the entire arena. Yeah. So the wrestler's gear was like reflected off of the black lights. Um, the weapons had black lights you know, paint on them and stuff. Um, one of the wrestlers actually had black light paint. So when the lights went off, like all of a sudden he had like this skull showing up on his face that you couldn't see beforehand. Yeah. Like just kind of cool stuff like that. Um, there was different like weapons and winks and nods to the characters that were, you know, all lit up for stuff. And I was like, you know, that's actually something I've never seen before. Yeah. To just do a black light match. Like that was very interesting, very unique and different. I enjoyed the heck out of it. But uh, yeah, the comic store, one of the guys saw pictures in his social media feed and was like, I don't know what the heck this is. This is the weirdest thing I've seen. Hang on. Let me get hold of Kevin to explain it. To me. Yeah. Excellent. So who, who ended up winning the Royal Rumble? Uh, the men's one was won by Cody Rhodes. Oh, okay. So Cody will face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and the whole concept for Cody winning is, I want to win the title my dad never did. Hmm. 
and it's been very interesting as a storyline. Yeah. You know, my dad was champion for NWA, but he never held the WWF title, now WWE. I'm the one that could. I can succeed where my father couldn't and dedicate all this to him. So there's been lots of interesting stuff because his dad was one of the main guys helping train people for NXT. So most of this whole new generation, uh, they, they call themselves du- uh, Dusty's kids yeah. because they all feel like, you know, him as the surrogate dad is the one that trained them, including Roman Reigns, who he's going to be fighting. So it's been very interesting. Uh, Rhea Ripley's the woman that won the Women's Rumble. She went in number one and lasted all the way to the very end. Um, and she will face Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Huh, cool. And two of them have had matches up beforehand, and they, they, they match up pretty well. That will be a good one. Cool. It was very fun. Both Rumbles were like, like hour, fifteen hour, 20, long pay-per-view. So have they moved the pay-per-views to Saturdays now? Because that took place on on a Saturday, right? It, it did. It kind of depends on the pay-per-view. Okay. Um, but most, most of them recently have been Saturdays. And, of course, Mania is Saturday and Sunday now. Okay. But I think, like, you can have a long pay-per-view Saturday. Uh, they're not competing with football. For part of the year, which I think helps. Yeah, most of that's done on Sunday. Yeah. Your wrestlers can travel to the next town, even though it's a late night for the pay per view. And and now they do post pay per view press conferences too, just like a, you know, a quote real sport would. Yeah. So then they'll travel to the next town. You know, if they got fly, if they got to drive, whatever, they can get there, rest up, and, you know, be ready for Monday Night Raw. Mm hmm. Um, And, uh, even like AEW, the other one, their Saturday or Sunday, kind of depending on the pay per view and depending on what else is going on for the week. I think I think them on Saturdays makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I was thinking that like that's actually a good idea. Like, yeah, because with uh, especially with us coming up to the Super Bowl, you know, like the the playoffs, NFL playoffs. Like, I mean, that's a pretty big deal in the states. Like, not so much here in Canada, but um, right. yeah, so. Well, and the the point's been made for Super Bowl because uh, Super Bowl's coming up this Sunday as we record. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, that following Monday, is President's Day, which is like a, you know, bank holiday, yep. schools closed, whatever, for the U.S. You're only a week away. Why not have Super Bowl Sunday the Sunday before a federal Monday holiday? And yeah. then everyone that stayed up late partied, had too much to drink, whatever, a lot of those people would have the next day off. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I think just move, and at this point, they'd have to move it one week. All right, so the players get an extra week to practice and rest up and, you know, train and everything for this. Like, I think it would just make sense. Yeah. I don't don't know why they haven't done it yet. Yeah. Interesting. But, uh, all right. Well, for, for my brain candy this week, um, I'm just trying to think, uh, 19, well, I've been watching the last of us. So I finished episode four, episode three was amazing. That was such a good episode. Um, you know, if, if you haven't watched the last of us, I 
highly recommend it. It's a good show. I really like it. But that episode three was great. Um, and then 1923 came back. Like, they went on, like, a three- or four-week hiatus. Um, so they're back. And that ep- first episode back was, was really good. Um, but uh, I'm still continuing my Dune reading. I'm on... I'm really slow um, when it comes to reading Dune. Um, so I'm on the fifth book right now, or fourth book... Maybe I'm on the fourth book. Uh, but I decided, you know, I wanted to read something else while I'm reading. Um, so I, you know, for my birthday, I got an Amazon gift card. And I was like, what the heck do I get? I, I, I'm not sure. So I ended up ordering uh, a book, Star Trek Next Generation Resistance. And what this is, is um, like pocketbooks. I want to say like mid-2000s uh, when it seemed like, you know, like they weren't going to be doing any anything more with TNG, Deep Space Nine, um, you know, Voyager, those franchises. They just decided, you know, like, we're just going to continue the story in the in the books. And, you know, instead of having these one-off books that take place during the TV series, it was going to show what happens after the fact. So this book takes place, I want to say, like, three months after the events of the last TNG movie, Star Trek Nemesis. Um... So Riker and Troy have left the Enterprise. You know, the Enterprise is rebuilt because it, you know, got pretty much, you know, half destroyed in the last movie. Uh, Worf is still there. Um, He's contemplating, you know, Picard has offered the first officer job to him, but he actually refuses it. Um, So we're going to see what happens there. The Borg may be coming back. You know, like, I just, I never got into reading the book series, um, but I like what they did with, with this. Um, and, and so, yeah, I ended up, because they're like, I don't know, $10 paperbacks, I ended up ordering like five of them, like with my gift card. Um, so I'll be reading some, some TNG books, um, that take place after the fact. And, and, um. You know, I re- you know, like this book so far has been really great. Um, so, anyway, aside from that, oh, I wanted to mention. Um, so, as I, as you know, Kev, um, I am a fan of Harlan Ellison. In the mid nineties, right, 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 Harlan, um, like uh, Dark Horse Comics was uh, adapting some of his stories for co- for a comic book anthology series called Harlan Ellison's Dream Corridor. Um, he talked about it when he used, when he was doing his commentary on Sci Fi Buzz, but I never like it was never in my comic book store, and you know I didn't live near a comic book store, so I only got to the comic book store like you know a couple times a year. I could never find it, and. I knew, like I know it was collected in a trade, at least one, um, but I could never find it. It was one of those that you know whenever I go to Comic Con, you know I go to the the comic collector booths and stuff, and I would like flip through them trying to find Harlan Ellison's Dream Corridor. Then I, it, it popped up on Amazon, but it, you know it was a little pricey, but I decided you know I'm going to pull a trigger on this. So it came from a dealer in. Uh, the United Kingdom. So I actually ordered this thing back in November. Um, 
and I just got it yesterday. Because I guess in, in the UK there's oh. like a postal strike or something that's been going on. Um, because yeah, like I, like they, like they took my money, but I never got this, this book. Uh, so I ended up, uh, contacting, you know, the seller through Amazon and they, you know, they said it's on its way. You know, we had a postal strike. So I got, I finally got it. Um, and I think it was collected, I want to say late nineties, early two thousands, but I think there's only one volume. So I haven't, I haven't actually read it yet. Um, but yeah, it, uh, I don't know what's going on with that postal strike, but that box, like it, you know, like that scene from, um, uh, Ace Ventura, like when he's delivering that package at the beginning of the movie and he's like kicking it around and yeah, yeah, that's what this package looked like. I was like, Oh my God, this thing, you know, but you know, like, I mean, the trade, like the, like the book itself was kind of, you know, like the corners were kind of messed up and stuff. But so anyway, I've, I've tr been trying to weigh it down with other books to kind of straighten it out. So, you know, fingers crossed, but it actually all things considered uh, how bad that box looked, it actually wasn't that bad. And also considering that this is like a 20 some year old trade paperback. Um, but now like after I bought this one book, it's gone up like a hundred bucks on Amazon. Like if I wanted to order it again, I'd be paying like triple what I paid for it now. Huh? Like it's, it's crazy. I don't know if it's because I just, I ordered that one copy and now they only have like one or two copies and I don't know. But so anyway, I'll be checking that out. And then, yeah, like you, Kev, I'm, I'm really behind on my comic book reading. Um, so I got, I got to kind of kick it into gear here. Um, I did read the first issue of, um, Joe fix it, the, the Peter David written, uh, oh, yep. gray Hulk series. I love that they're, you know, like, you know, thing, like Peter David ended up, uh, he's going through some medical stuff again. He had a heart attack and I think he had a couple strokes. Um, so I think he has the series done. And I'm glad that, you know, like he, he did this series because I love the Grey Hulk. I love that, that era of his history. I like the fact that, you know, they're letting Peter David, you know, like he, so he did the Maestro series. He's doing this series. Um, he was doing, uh, Spider-Man, uh, like when he had the, like the black costume, like doing all these like throwback series to the night. Oh, and the, the new Fantastic Four, he did that mini series as well. Um, I, I'm just so happy that they let Peter David do that. Uh, and I love this Joe fix it like uh, issue two, I think just came out today. I haven't read that one yet, but issue one was a lot of fun. Um, and you know, fingers crossed. I'm hoping, you know, Peter, I think he's got a bit of a, a tough hill to climb with his recovery, but fingers crossed, you know, he'll get healthy and, and, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do some more comics because like honestly what he's been doing these last few years is like some of the best stuff he's done like since his hulk run like honestly like it's it's so great and he did a captain marvel miniseries last year too which was fantastic like i, I wish they would you know like the rick jones uh captain marvel um uh what the heck's his name they call him genie uh, oh, Janice, Janice Val. Yes, that, yeah, that version. Like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's doing such great work, and, and uh, yeah, 
So anyway, check all those miniseries out if you're a Peter David fan. Um, and he has a GoFundMe. They have a GoFundMe going right now for him. Um, so yeah, check that out as well if, if you're able to. Um, all right. Well, I think we could call this a podcast. But before we go, Kevin, let's play that little game of where we can find you on the internet. So Kevin, where can we find you, sir? All right. You can find me across most social medias at Masked Library, and MaskedLibrary.com is my home blog for things. Excellent. Um, all right. So as for me, you can check me out here at uh, the Pop Culture Pub Podcast Network. We still have Trek One Seven One planned for the end of the month. You know, fingers crossed. I'm hoping we'll get we'll get that episode out. We're, we're talking about Star Trek Voyager for that one. And then we'll have some Pop Culture Pub uh, episodes in the not-too-distant future. So be sure to check that out. All right. Well, on behalf of myself, Chris Lockhart, and my co-host this evening, Mr. Kevin Decent, I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to listen to Geek Fallout Reloaded. Um, we were discussing DC and, and Marvel, and I hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you again in the not-too-distant future.